Hi, everybody. Today on Meatheads, we'll be discussing our top five favorite non-franchise horror movies, the top five best exercises that we can think of for a total body workout, and we'll complain a little bit about getting older. Have you ever been gaming or working online classes and your internet service constantly gets interrupted? First Nations Fiber is about to ensure that just won't happen again. Get ready for high speed at a new level. Click on fnfiber.com and sign up today. First Nations Fiber, empowering people through connectivity. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, listening audience, back to Meatheads. My name is Mark Lalone. I'll be your host along with the CEO of Total Fitness, the Fitness Council here in Gunawage, the man, the myth, the legend, Derek DeLille. Derek, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic after that nice intro. Thank you very much. Wow, it's great to have you back. As always, it's going to be a pleasure. And I'm really looking forward to this one today. We're going to have some fun with this, with this podcast. I hope you guys have as much fun listening to it as we had putting it together because we're both pretty excited about this for different reasons. I'm much more excited about one aspect, Derek about the other, and that's okay. And we got some things that are in fact pissing us off this week. So we'll get to those at the end of the podcast. Looking forward to that as well. I love a good rant. You know I do. So Derek, I, thank God, won the coin toss before we started. So today, Derek and I decided to lead off with a fitness topic, and we're going to talk about what we would select, what exercises we would select for the perfect total body workout. And so we're talking about exercising every muscle in the body, we're talking about, it's not just a bodybuilder, body part specific workout. We're talking about every muscle in the body as much as we can, as best we can. So I won the toss. Way to go, me. Pretty excited about that. And so my number one draft pick, my number one draft pick in all exercises is, of course, squats. And I knew you'd pick yeah. squats. I knew you'd Favorite. pick it. So I'm picking it at one because I had to get it off the board before you even had a chance. So I'd taken squats because like there's almost no better exercise for your entire leg muscle chain. But to add to that, it's also good for your upper body. I can't tell you how many times I've gone in, done leg day, walked out and gone, oh, my back and shoulders feel jacked. Yep. Yeah, all the time. So there is a school of thought that says just do legs and your upper body will get stronger too. Yep, so I believe it. I believe it as well. Because if you're squatting two, 300 pounds, your upper body has to grow somehow. Yeah, it has to brace that. It has exactly. to create stabilizers. It has to strengthen. So there's no doubt. So squats is my number one. And I'm pretty excited to get that off the board because <laughs> I, 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 you can't have a total body workout without squats. So Derek. Your right. first choice. I'm going to have to go with hex bar deadlift. Oh, such so, a good exercise. So the ones I that love can't that. get a bar on their back for whatever reason, yeah, it works the same muscles. It's in a little bit more comfortable position, I find. I, it's, it's especially for older adults. Exactly. Like exactly. It's, it's even like a trap bar, like are we talking trap yeah, hex it's a bar trap deadlift. Bar, yeah. yeah. It, the positioning of the handles for, uh, for an older person, like who's 45, like me, uh, I find the positioning of the trap bar handles like sublime compared to a regular traditional Olympic bar going across or even a back squat. I vastly prefer the hex bar. Yeah. It's my new favorite exercise. I used to love deadlifts. I used to always do them. And now I switched, switched over and I'm not a powerlifter, deadlifter or anything like that, but I enjoy this movement a lot more. And I find the way that your, your hands are being held, it's a little bit wider. So you feel in the traps a lot. I, I find know? that as well. And because, I mean, we're both, you know, 
on, on the wide side in terms of upper body strength, I find for us, that's probably a benefit because we have the upper body strength. So we get yeah. to be able to engage a little bit more. I've also found it's easier on my back. Again, I'm an yes. older person. I don't want that strain sitting on my spine. And if I'm doing deadlifts, I don't want to be bent over and unsupported. I don't like weightlifting belts, so I'm not going to do them. Trap bar deadlifts, mwah, chef's kiss. They're perfect. Good choice. Good choice. I'm going to put that on the list. Trap bar, hex bar, deadlifts. That's not a bad one, baby. That's that's a really good exercise. That's one of my favorites and, and a really good place to start as far as I'm concerned. So we're going to go into, I'm going to go right into my very next exercise and it's working core. And I'm going to take plank and every version of plank because you can do side plank, you can do front plank, you can do adjusted, all those fun things. But each and every one of those exercises is going to make your core stronger. It's not going to be a spinal flexion and it's going to activate your transverse abdominus, which goes all the way around your waist, not just your tummy. Yeah. When you're doing planks, I find when planks are the one exercise that 30 seconds a minute feels like eternity. You feels know, eternity. When you're doing it yourself and you're counting in your head, you're looking at your stopwatch, you're like 10 seconds, that's it. 12 seconds, that's it. It, mm. it takes a lot. I do my I do my planks in 100 second sets now and it is uh, decidedly unpleasant. I'm not going to lie to you. But today I did it just a few minutes ago. I just came from my workout, as a matter of fact, where I was planking for 100 seconds in my total fitness sweatshirt. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So brand identification, <laughs> baby. You know, doesn't matter the gym. Got to gotta wear the logo yep. with pride. Yeah, so I'm taking plank. So that's my number two is plank. Okay, I'll, I'll choose a, a core exercise as well. For me, it would possibly have to be a decline leg raise with a little hip roll at the top. Get a full range of uh, motion on uh, on the abs and a little, I guess, crunch at the top. Right, out of a Roman chair? Yeah. yeah. Um, is it a Roman chair? It's just like a, a decline bench. Or, 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 or decline. Yeah. But yeah, it could be a Roman. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah, right. yeah. I find the decline bench might probably be easier on most people's backs yeah. uh, than the Roman chair, but the Roman chair in and of itself also offers you know a, yeah, lot, a lot of, of possibilities of, mm -hmm. of benefit and, and absolutely 100%. Like as much as people leg say raise. leg raises, it, it'll work your legs a lot, but if you really focus on the abs and if you can focus on the abs. Yeah. And if you can get your client to do what we call, like I steal from the Pilates business a lot when I'm trying to teach core exercises. I teach my clients to imprint, put their coccyx down and just lift the leg. Keep the tailbone on the ground right. and just lift the leg. Once that tailbone comes up, you're engaging your lower back in a way you don't want to be doing. The late Larry Scott, first uh, Olympia, I yep. forgot what year it was. And his favorite exercise was a, a version of a, a bench leg raise. But what he would do is push his lower back into the mat. Yep. And he'd, he'd tell me, focus, well, not tell me, but he'll tell people, focus on pushing your your belly button to the ground, let's say, to flatten out your lower back. Right. And it makes the exercise a lot harder. Your range of motion isn't as much, but you're just pushing your lower back down and you're- That you're, level you're, of engagement. Exactly. Yeah, because you're asking your abs to engage already once you push them down into the ground. And so once you're, when, when you're, when you're working an engaged muscle, that's a lot harder than it is working a disengaged muscle. No, right. 100%. And so that makes, that makes all the sense in the world. So decline leg raise. Good call, my man. Good call. You're getting very creative. I'm impressed. I'm going to get less creative because I'm not feeling super creative today. I'm feeling super. Yeah, you, that's exactly what I'm going with. He's making the bench press. <laughs> he's making the bench press action with his hands. And that's where I'm going. Heavy barbell bench press because it is my favorite exercise. And I think we've been over this a few times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love, I, I you know, I got to have, basically what I've indicated was, you know, if I'm building the perfect like I'm going to give you my playbook now. If I'm building the perfect total body set, I want 
a leg exercise, one chest push, one back pull, a core and something cardio uh, full body. Yeah, that's pretty much what I have as well. See? Yeah. So, yeah. okay. So glad we're on the same page Great there. Great minds so, thinks alike, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what you that's what you want to put into an ideal total body set, especially for the client who's doing two two sets a week. Yeah, because what I'm thinking about is somebody that doesn't have a lot of time to expend a lot of energy in the gym. They want the best of the best. Yeah, and they want to get everything done in one day, mm -hmm. come back two days later, do it again, and that's their week. And that's exactly. fine. So, yeah, uh, heavy bench barbell bench press. If you've ever been in the gym with me, you know, it is my favorite exercise. And even if you haven't been in the gym with me, well, now you also know it's my favorite exercise. So there you go. Heavy bench press. Derek, number three. Number three, mine would be a, a version of a bench press or a pressing. It would either be the basic push-up. Yeah. As boring as it is, it works a lot of your muscle groups. One of, it's maybe the top upper body exercise on the planet. Yep. And if your shoulders can handle it, I would kind of change the variation, do dips. Yes. Barbell or not barbell. Um, Parallel, yeah. parallel bar dips. Yeah. If you if you can do them, I, I used to love those exercises. That and a bench press was one of my main exercises I do. Yeah, and in fact, kinesiologists all over the world have been in, in, encouraging the use of push ups for years and mm -hmm. years. Not only are they good for the, the the push muscles, they're good for the pull muscles yeah. because you've got to relax and disengage your upper body uh, in order to to drop into the push up, and then to push up, you have to engage your entire upper body. Nothing can be dead weight. It's great. It's fabulous. So push up number four, number four. I'm going with a cardio full body exercise now. Okay. And I'm going with push press slash thrusters. So I'm going to say, because we're going to say using a dumbbells mm -hmm. because again, easier on my back because I'm an old person. So rather than have the barbell in a traditional neutral grip across my collarbone where I'm dropping into my squat and then standing up and pushing the bar over my head in a thruster, I'll just do the dumbbells and I'll point them out in a, in a neutral grip as well, but have them sit on my shoulders straight out. So I'll drop in here and push overhead this way. It's easier on my back in the squat. Now you're, you're doing a squat and a press. At the yes. Top. Okay. Yeah. A squat into a press. I, I usually pair those exercises with a burpee for my clients. Oh my God, you're they, a horrible oh, human being. Every one of them says it. There's no thrusters and burpees today, is there? I'm like, no, 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 not today. <laughs> thrusters suck, but they are, there might not be a better full body exercise oh, I, on the I planet. I love thrusters and I find the heavier you go and keep your reps low, for me, I feel a lot in my abs. 100%, because you like, gotta stabilize exactly. in order to get into that squat position. You have to stabilize your abs and the heavier those are, mm -hmm. the more your back comes into play. So if you're not, if your core isn't stable, you're gonna run into problems. Yep, yep. Yep. Uh, what's your, just for my information, what's your dumbbell number when you do thrusters with the heavy? Well, the heaviest I have is 50. So that's what I use for <laughs> reps <laughs> and it's not fun. Yeah, that's not fun. Um, I like yeah. to do the ladders, you know, do 10 and for me, 10 burpees, nine, nine burpees, eight, all the way down oh to my one. God. And is that just, a, is that one workout? Well, that's the, the finisher. So it's a, the last 15 minute finisher. Once you're done, you go I home. never want to work out with you. <laughs> Not and, ever. And especially if you use a weight you're supposed to use, like I know some people might pick up the 15 pounds and rep it out, but yeah. if you go heavy, so that 10th rep is almost unbearable and then do your burpees and then come back up. It's, it's, it's a lot tough, but it gets it done. And sometimes I'll use that on my off days as a cardio, full body cardio workout. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. That's why I would put that in as, I would put that in as blasted as my finisher so mm -hmm. that you can say last set, best set, and just pour all your energy into it. And that's what I would do with it. So that's my pick is dumbbell thrusters. So mine would be, it's a variation of that. It's called the devil's press. What it is, is you're in a plank position with your dumbbells. Yeah. You bring your knees in like you're going to do a burpee. Yeah. You stand up, you clean the weight to your shoulders. Yep. 
then you squat down and press overhead. So oh, it's a variation I've, of the I've two. I've heard of that. I, I used to call them, now CrossFit used to call them man makers. Yes, that's right. As a gender identi- as a gender neutrality issue, I changed that nomenclature to, with my clients. I, I call them awesome makers because they make you awesome. Yes. It doesn't matter man or woman, they just make you awesome. So those are, those are the worst exercise on the planet. Those are just yeah. terrible. Well, before most of my clients were female, so I used to make a joke. I was like, you know what? Men aren't going to do this exercise. So yeah. I used to call it the women maker. So you right? do this, there you go. Yeah. So they, yeah, that's they, kinda, awesome. they got a chuckle out of that. That's so funny that we've had those parallel yeah. experiences yeah. and, uh, and, and not had to compare notes because this is literally the first time yeah. we've discussed that ever. So that's funny. Wow. Okay. So awesome makers. I'm just writing them down in my, uh, my labeling, but women makers are good too. So Number four, number five, our number five choice. So the only thing I'm missing in mine is I'm missing a back pull. And so I'm going with bent over single arm dumbbell row. And I'm going to couch that by saying, I want you to do it out of a plank position. So you put your hand on a bench, you plank your body out behind, you hang your dumbbell from the bench and you pull up. Forces you to stabilize your upper body, keep yourself flat, as well as give your core a certain level of engagement, almost like a single arm bench press yeah, in the and, opposite direction. And you feel the abs on the opposite side of exactly. the arm you're working. I've done that before and it's excruciating. You, you can't use as much weight to get a full, like a, like a row. No, because if you drop everything. too far, yes. you're going to have a hernia. Yeah, agree. Yeah. You can't, you can't, I, I disengage to 94, 95% because again, if you release too far, you're asking your shoulders to do the work in, in disengaging the weight and, yeah. you know, ending the inertia. And that's a lot of strain on a deltoid. So that's mine. Single arm plank dumbbell rows. I do one set. One of my favorite back body sets or back biceps day sets is uh, I have 75 65 and 55 pound dumbbells in my home studio. So I'll bang out 15 with the 75, 10 with the 65, and then I'll go to failure with the 55. And it is horrible. The last three times I've done that, I've thrown up. (laughs) Pretty nice if you ask me. All right, you're number five, my friend. But for the back, I've always kind of liked either a barbell inverted row Mm -hmm. or like a suspension row, like a TRX machine or something like that. Yeah. Because many people can't do pull-ups, but I always find when your body moves through space and you can pull yourself in any direction, you, you get a little bit more synergy muscle working. And for, for myself, I a lot of people do bent over rows wrong. Mm-hmm. And I find doing it like this strengthens your muscles and yep. helps you get the right form down. Yeah. So I, I try to get my clients to build strength on that before they, we move on to barbells. Well, we've had a lot of discussion in the past about suspension training. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I agree with you on the TRX rows. That's one of my favorite. When I only have the TRX available, it's one of my go-to back bicep yeah. workouts. Yeah. There's no question. And it's, it's not easy, you know, if, if, if to make no, it harder. Keeping that, yeah. keeping that core integrity is tough, man. Mm-hmm. Like I tell people, I'm like, honestly, try 10 with a neutral grip and then try 10 with your elbows coming out and tell me if you can do them. And it's really tough. I'm not going to lie. And then uh, once you can get that done, try one arm at a time. Oh my God. That's the you're, balancing. That's, is that's great. The balancing is just awful. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. I a hundred percent. It's fun. Speaking of fun, it reminds you of a, reminds you of a joke. So the NFL season opened this week and that's exciting because I'm a Chicago bears fan. And inexplicably, against all odds, they defeated the San Francisco 49ers 1910 at home last week. And it reminded me of one of my absolute favorite jokes in the history of humanity. And it goes like this. A bear walks into a bar and he says, I'll have a bud and peanuts, please. And the bartender goes, sure, but why the big paws? 
Bear goes, I don't know. I was just born with him. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So that, that's our dad joke of the week. So many apologies if you didn't see that coming. <laughs> it's, it, that brings me to a really fun segue. Because it is fall, Derek and I are both big fans of, of, of scary horror movies. So we've decided this month to sort of give you guys uh, our top five non-franchised horror movies. So we've had to go through, we've had to comb through our personal histories and our Netflix viewing and all of the things we've, all the garbage. Like I've seen a lot of garbage horror movies. I've mm -hmm. seen a lot of garbage horror movies. I'm not going to lie to you, but I've seen a lot of good ones too. And so I'm really excited about sharing these five favorites with, with our audience. Derek, how big a horror movie fan are you? You know, I, I love horror movies. And I remember being a, being a kid, we go to the, the local video store when you actually rented when you actually VHS. rented movies, yes. yeah. <laughs> and we just, whatever looked good on the shelf, the picture, whatever, we just pick it up. We get three, four, five bucks. We go home, we watch it, and we start laughing at it. And But some of them as a kid, 12, 13, 14, they, they, they spooked me out. You know, and I find these low budget ones sometimes are a little bit more creepier than the big chain or the big franchise. Uh, oh, 100%. 100%. And, yeah. And I think the, the creativity is there, and it just creeps me out like there's so many i can come up with but i had to narrow it down to five right like there were so many that like it's coming to my head now what i've yeah watching. now that you're doing the read you were like oh i, I yeah. had to cut my list more than i would have liked because yeah. getting it to five was pretty tough see most of mine are from the 80s like yeah older, well, that so. goes without saying yeah. i mean you you like I, i've got a pretty good cross section here of different scary properties so horror and, and and frightening stuff you know it involves obviously there's you know death and blood but it doesn't always have to so i think one of my selections will reflect that that being said i have one from like the 90s i have one from the like the last 10 years and i have a couple from an in-between so i'm looking forward to this derek all right what is your number one favorite non-franchise horror movie the one that popped up was the original April Fool's Day. April Fool's Day. Tell me the concept. I'm well, not familiar with it. Okay, basically, they all, a bunch of friends go to this haunted, or this house, this big castle on an island of some sort, and one by one, they get they get kind of knocked off, okay? They all, I don't know if I should give away the ending, but each one gets killed, killed off. If it's as old as I think it, it is, you can, you can go ahead and give yeah. away the ending. They probably see it. So it's, it's very spooky. They're all doing their thing, you know, and they're trying to figure out who's killing all these people. And then at the end, it's, it's the girl who who created the entire event. It was a big April Fool's joke. So at the end, they got that one person that's, a, that's alive and they're running for their lives and he runs into their door and everybody that got killed are all standing there yelling, April Fool's Day. So oh. yeah, it, it, it's a fun one. They, they remade it. I think there's like a 2015 one that came out. I haven't seen it, but that one, watching as a kid, I thought that was so cool. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that, see my, is, yeah. that is fantastic. I, I, oh, that reminds me of one. Oh my God. Now that reminds me of a bunch more. So I am terrified of the concept of man's inhumanity to man. I can't believe some of the things people would do to other people. And I can't believe some of the things they do in the world. And I can't, and what scares me on TV or on film or in, a, in an intellectual property, something I'm watching is that terrifying thing. So my number one uh, favorite non-franchise horror movie is Snowpiercer, 2014 movie. Bong Joon-ho, it's been remade as a Netflix TV series. It stars Chris Evans, the cap former Captain America, as one of the members of the proletariat class on a train that is circumnavigating the globe, and 
that is basically the train is the only thing left of humanity after global warming or global freezing. A new ice age has descended and this train is the only thing going around the, the planet. And uh, as he and his fellow prisoners in the back end of the of the train escape and make their way forward they're confronted with all kinds of horrifying uh chilling ideas about people's place in society and you know the disposability of human beings and the responsibility that people have to a greater good so i'm not going to spoil the ending but i highly recommend snowpiercer it's directed by a korean director named bong joon ho who uh who directed Parasite, which won the Oscar for Best Film a few years ago. And it's just, it's brilliant. Snowpiercer, highly recommend. I'll be sure to check that one out. Please do. Number two. Number two is a 1976 one. Oh boy. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, the, the, really the, the older they are, the scarier they are for me. And it, it was just fun to watch Carrie. Carrie. Yes. Brilliant yeah, movie. The whole pig blood at the end and oh. the whole her coming from a religious background and the demons and being possessed and all that. So it, it just, it's a lot of fun. Right. And, and that it, touches on our man's inhumanity to man ex- um, yeah. theme that we just touched on earlier. And, uh, wow, the, the, Carrie, that's yeah, brilliant. Stephen that's King is, 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 yeah. is great. Oh, he's my favorite. Like I've read some of his books and uh, I usually start watching his movies. I just, uh, just his, his ideas are, 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 are great. His ideas are great. They rarely translate to the screen effectively because yeah. his, his book writing is so evocative in terms of psychological horror that it's it's hard to translate it to the screen because everybody's imagination is different and what scares everybody is is something different. Yeah, so that's like, like that, that is my, that's my working theory on why his movies don't translate so well. I mean, some of his movies have Shawshank Redemption was was brilliant. Apt Pupil was really good. Uh, what else has he done that I really enjoyed? Uh, Stand by Me yep. was was a Stephen King. That's and actually so, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's, that's that's brilliant stuff. But a lot of his horror stuff just hasn't translated as well. And that's a shame because I love his stuff. I'm a big, big fan. My number two uh, is The Cabin in the Woods, mm. a 2012 movie that is directed by Joss Whedon, who uh, basically is on the canceled list now. But that's no reason not to watch the movie, I guess, because it's been 12, 10 years since it came out. And it effectively sends up all the horror movie tropes that we've come to know and love. And it basically takes these five kids and turns them into human sacrifices to greater gods who are bloodthirsty and require human sacrifice in order to keep everything. Is that what the, the creature in the basement of yes, the cabin? That's yeah. That's I'm one of that. the, uh, the hand that yes. comes up at the end. Yes. That's the, that's the, old God, as it were, that they're supposed to be sacrificed to. So that's, that one sends up all the, and, and okay. So there's a five minute stretch of that movie where all the nightmares and horrors and things that they visit upon these people are released into the facility. And I could watch that five minutes on a loop for the rest of my life. I just, I love it. I love it so much. It's so viscerally terrifying. All the things that I'm afraid of pouring out of elevators off to kill things. Just awful. So. Okay, The Cabin in the Woods is my number two. Number three. All right, number three. This one kind of uh, shocked me a little bit. It was uh, Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp. Do you remember that I one? I do, starring Angela Springsteen, Bruce Springsteen's yes. sister. Yes, but there's a it's a twist at the end, though. She, she's a female in, in camp, and she starts killing people off. But at the end, it turns out it was actually a male. Yeah. She's it's, naked, it's standing the Sleepaway up. Sleepaway Camp. Uh, and... It was in 83, so I was, I was maybe six, seven years old watching this, and the whole ending confused 
the crap out of me. There, there are sequels, eh? I just found that out before I got here. Yeah, so there, there are sequels. Yeah. There's a Sleepaway Camp 3. And yep. in that sequel is one of my favorite horror movie murders of all time, which it just still makes me giggle to this day about this girl takes a young man and somehow buries him up to his neck in garbage bags. Like he's, he can't, he's trapped by garbage bags, which seems nonsensical. If you've ever been under garbage bags, you just stand up and get out from under them. But she also, then she goes over his head with a lawnmower. So great. Oh, nice. Yeah. But I'm like, I, I, I still to this day going, just get up. Yeah. Just stand up. Just stand up. See, I didn't know there were sequels because when I saw it, I, I searched it up before I got here. I'm like, yeah. are you kidding? there's like five other episodes or five other movies. And I'm like, I oh, got to no. stream this. But we're willing to, we're willing to let it slide because you picked the first <laughs> one. So that's great. I was actually thinking about Sleepaway Camp yeah. 3. I was, but because I was, I've only yeah. seen three, okay. I, I discounted it in my mind because it's franchise. Yeah. So. so I didn't know. All right. So Sleepaway Camp, number three for me. I also, I'm going to go ahead and because I let you break the rules, I'm going to break the rules too. American Horror Story. You ever watch it? No. Unfortunately oh, it, not. Holy God, is it good. <laughs> it is brilliant, Camp. It is so good. It's creepy as hell. And some of the seasons are are sort of terrible, and some of the seasons are sort of great. But I'm going to recommend seasons eight and nine. I'm just finishing watching those two back to back, and they are fabulous. They are storytellers at their highest absolute setting, and, and it's it's brilliant, Camp. Are these streaming online? They are streaming yeah. online. Disney Plus has the first nine seasons of American oh. Horror Story, and uh, I would check it out. Seasons I, I, eight and nine. I've heard so much about it. I don't. I think I've I've watched maybe a few episodes. I never really got into it, but I keep hearing about it. Check it out and and give it time. You'll be you'll be very pleased that you did. I was just I'm over the moon about it. I love it. I'm a huge fan. So yeah, check it out. Especially the one American Horror Story season eight, Apocalypse, Chef's Kiss. All right, you're number four. This one, it's called The Stuff. The Stuff. It's, I remember The Stuff. Really? I remember that movie. I, I had to call my, uh, my uh, well, my stepsister and tell her about this because we used to rent movies together. I said, mm -hmm. do you remember that movie with the white stuff? And, and she, yeah, it's called The Stuff. The I'm stuff. like, oh my God, that's crazy. We're going to talk about that after. And it, that was probably one of my first kind of zombie type movies yeah. where the, where this white goo comes goo. from 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 aliens they, right. they said and they, they started making protein or not protein shakes but shakes out of shakes it out and, of it and, and turn them into zombies yeah it was yeah. like the craziest thing it's like one of those funny horror movies as a kid like it was just kind of surreal it was like oh my god the it, stuff it, it, especially when you're a kid it's fun to come across a horror movie that's somehow a little bit lighter yeah because yeah. sometimes they can feel like real terrifying heavy experiences for kids like we know now watch them we're like well, okay this is part of the movie and this is part of how things get set up but when you're a kid you can feel that very real dread that very real fear that's my next one is like that yeah all, all right real. good i'm glad to hear that okay my number <laughs> speaking of very real dread and very real fear my number four is going back to 1991 here Wes Craven special, The People Under the Stairs. Oh, yes. It's yes. Uh, a movie about this couple in Los Angeles who seem a little bit odd, and this kid ends up sneaking into their home and discovering they have a whole collection of, like, you know, prisoners living in their home who are, you know, like half human and half feral at this point. And it, it, it's absolutely horrifying. It is an urban nightmare. And I live in a, in a, in a, in a sort of a very community, very similar to the people under the stairs, a lot of houses, a lot of, you know, you don't even know what's behind those doors. And so every so often, if I see a, a house that looks to be a little bit strange, a little bit locked up, a little mm -hmm. bit tightly bound, I go to myself, huh, 
I wonder. You got people under those stairs? Started knocking on the walls. Yeah, I sort of want to know. Duck, duck. Yeah, so the people under the stairs, great movie. See, that Love movie it. reminds me of another movie. Isn't there like the people in the cave? They're like a bunch of people that live underground. There's, I think it was, they did a, either a remake or something that was kind of similar to that. And I wish I remember the name of it. Well, there's only so many. Oh, I think I know the one you're talking yeah. about. Uh, the Others? Yes, that's yes. the one. The Mirror People. Yeah, it was almost that like the same. That is a terrifying movie. Yeah. Oh man, I wish I now I wish I would have picked that one. <laughs> I also want, wish I would have picked Get Out because that's also oh, yeah. a terrifying. But there's movie. so many. Yeah. So anyway, all right. Number five, I got my people under the stairs. Yeah, um, mine is again. It's a, it's a Stephen King one. It's a Cujo. Oh, and, Cujo. Yeah, and there's a reason for it as well. Because uh, growing up here in town, we always have dogs that just kind of roam freely all all over the place. Really, and big eh? dogs, small dogs. I've seen Rottweilers running around, and after watching a movie like this when you're nine, ten years old, and these the, this rabid dog is you know, killing people and biting their necks off and blood's everywhere. It kind of makes you feel like, is that dog going to do that to me? As a 12-year-old kid walking around here sometimes. But that was kind of creepy. It was kind of my first gore blood fest movie I've seen. And if I watch it now, it's probably not as bad as I remember it. Right. But a, a big rabid dog just kind of... Well, I got to admit, off. like I, I've... Cujo to me has has two meanings in my life. It's, it's in two shifts, sort of, and I'll explain why. When I was a kid, I watched it. I was like 15 and I read Stephen King. Cause it's, a, it's a Stephen King book that was adopted. Like the book is a relentless... It's relentless. It's just... It is... It is... It is... It's written from the woman who's trapped in the car's perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she just wants to protect her child. And, and it's just, it is, it is relentless. Now, the movie is great, but here's my issue. I, I have seen, I've had St. Bernard's. My dogs, that, those are, that's my breed. The, the only dogs I've had in my life, mostly, except for one, are St. Bernard's. And I cannot ever envision a St. Bernard harming a person and a child ever in a billion years. Mm. So I have Cujo, I feel two ways about Cujo. I love the movie. And on the other hand, I'm like, come on now. They could have used maybe a different dog. Could have used a different yeah. dog. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not quite so, so, so friendly a breed. Cause it looks like a nice fluffy cuddly dog. And then when it gets rabies, it's a whole different story. There but. is from a breed standpoint, mm-hmm. there's no dog more geared to protecting children than a St. Bernard, which is why they use it as the nanny in Peter Pan. Yeah. So, so maybe that's his concept. I think that's the idea. You know, you know your, your it's, nice it's, friendly dog just got twisted. It turns on its head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, this, you know, this big ball of love turns yeah. into this big ball of death. And, <laughs> and it's understandable. I mean, it's pretty terrifying. Sounds like kids sometimes. Yeah. 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 Well, actually it reminds <laughs> me of a story and I'm going to tell it real fast. Uh, back when my first, my first daughter was being, was born, I was on parental leave. I stayed home with her. So we had just moved into our house in Point Claire. And in those days I was wearing flip-flops all the time. It was summer, flip-flops, flip-flops, flip-flops. So my sister gets married. My wife, my daughter, and I all go to the wedding. My daughter is very young, six months old, and I'm wearing dress shoes to the wedding. So they go to, we all go to the wedding. They come home early. My wife and my daughter are in bed. I come home a couple hours later, and I step in the door, click, click. My dress shoes click on the floor. The dog has not heard dress shoes come in the house. So he, I hear this blood-curdling growl from upstairs. <laughs> my 150 and i'm like i start wetting my pants a little before i realize i'm like oh it's my dog and i'm like blue come downstairs and i was oh it's daddy 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 and so the growl stopped and 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 it you know but just that moment tells me yeah they're scary and can be very protective yes so that's it my number five number five i love a good human sacrifice movie midsummer uh starring florence Pugh, one of one of my favorite actresses who are working currently great movie you know, it's a couple who shows up at this 
really nice sort of midsummer festival and everything's great. And this, the psychological horror of it comes to the point where her partner boyfriend ends up being sacrificed and it is just utterly terrifying. I love movies like that. And the barn scene was kind of really kind of messed Unsettling, up. Unsettling? Yeah. I'm watching. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here, but I don't like it. I really don't. <laughs> so yeah, that was my feeling about that movie too. It was completely yeah. unsettling. And again, I, I can't get over the idea of man's inhumanity to yeah. man. And it's almost like uh, The Wicker Man as well. With, uh, it Nicholas is exactly Cage. like The Wicker Man, except it's good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The Wicker Man was hot garbage. Not these. <laughs> yes. Nicholas Cage, man. That's... Like the whole concept, I love con like that type of concept for movies. But yeah, but I mean, this one it was obviously a long Mid Midsummer was pulled off a lot better oh, yeah. than The Wicker and, Man was. And it was it was a long movie, so I was kind of hesitant. Am I going to really stay up and watch this all night? And I'm by myself; no one's going to watch it with me. So I'm right. like, yeah, it's about two hours long, I think, maybe a sure. little more. Am I willing to invest this much time? Yeah, and I did, and I did, <laughs> did. and I couldn't turn it off. I'm like, oh, that's I'll awesome. Be upstairs in a second. It was really good. Hour and a half later. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of things we don't like, it's that time. It's that time of the podcast every week where Derek and I get to rant about things we don't like. And I got a few things myself, but Derek, you had something you were talking to me about before and it was related to the beginning of the school year and your kids. <laughs> yeah. I find September, like if you're a parent, it, it, it's kind of tough because your, your, your kids either start a new school. Like my son starts high school. So his, his, I've had the same work schedule for six, six years, his whole elementary now he starts later, he finishes later. So it's like, I got to switch around my schedule because I can't make it in the mornings because I drop him off at nine and just getting adjusted to that. And then mm -hmm. trying to get adjusted to his schedule, dealing with, with high school, it's a whole different ball game. So I got to be there for him and I'm trying to be there for my clients. I'm trying to be there for me. And then the weather's not the great, I get allergies around this time. So it's making me a little bit irritable right now. And it's like the weather is starting to get, you know, cloudier. It's starting to get darker earlier. And like, I love October. But this transition period is probably hitting me a like, little harder than a, you'd a like. A little harder than I want right now. Gotcha. Like like looking outside, it's raining. I just want to go home and lie down, put my feet up, and forget about the day. <laughs> gotcha. Well, I mean that is that's a sentiment I can I can get on board with definitely, uh, no question about that. So I suppose my, I mean obviously that comes with getting old. Things bother us more. Filters rub off. Our allergies are stronger. Mm -hmm. We're more frustrated by things. I'm the same way. And so I made the mistake, like a dummy, of doing laundry a couple weeks ago, but doing it in a way uh, because I was in a hurry. I have one bad leg, as you probably well aware. Most of our listeners don't know. So I go downstairs one step at a time. I step, bring my next foot. Step, bring my next foot. Well, didn't I decide to be a smart guy and test out my leg and try and go quickly. I hurt my back doing laundry. So my back's been bugging me for almost a week now. So it, it's only now starting to feel better and 100%. So the thing that's pissing me off this week is that I'm getting old and that it affects everything in my life. So I'm, you know, I have notes here saying like I, all the exercises I did last week, uh, I activated the muscles indirectly with ball curls and some twisters with the lower body and things like that. I did, you know, plank a bunch of that to activate my transverse abdominis and take the pressure off my lower back. I did uh, some gentle stretching for my glutes so that wouldn't pull on my lower back. I did ton of back bicep work to stabilize my, the rest of my back muscles. And I added back extensions to it all. And all this because I did the laundry wrong. A week of compensating for 10 second decisions. You know, speaking about getting older, I, I must have registered for something online, a subscription where you have to put your age in because 
every now and then I'll get like a, a like a workout newsletter from these places. Like, if you're over the age of forty, are you still <laughs> training like an athlete? Why are you training like an athlete? The NBA is no longer in your future. The NHL, the you know everything. And I start reading it, and it's like, why are you training like an athlete? You are not an athlete anymore. Nope. You want to work. You want to work out based on your age and your goals, and you're not a young sprout anymore. And right. so I read that. I'm like. Really? I don't, really? I don't I hear that. I didn't really want to hear that today. And it was Monday morning when it pops in my email. I'm like, really? Come on. I'm trying yeah. to. You're making my Monday just, just making my Monday worse. Yeah. It was just making you feel old. And uh, then, yeah, it was just I, one of those. Weeks. I understand that. I understand that. So, you know, I look outside now and, and it looks like the rain may be peeling off a little bit. So I think you might be, you might be in luck for the rest of the day, Derek. <laughs> it's been a pleasure to have you on as always. Awesome. This, is, this has been Meatheads. My guest or my, my co-host is Derek DeLille, the CEO of Total Fitness, your one-stop shop for all your fitness needs here in Ganawage. Derek, thank you so much. It's thank been you. a delight. It is always a delight. And I look forward to uh, getting back in and uh, getting a fancy new Total Fitness yellow sweatshirt. Orange. Orange. That's what I meant. Orange. Thank you all for listening. This has been Meatheads. My name is Mark Lalonde. Thanks for listening to Meatheads, and please, please check out our other podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or Google, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Check out the front page, profiles, and the beating table. The views and opinions of the guests expressed in this podcast do not reflect those of your DWSA and its employees.